I cannot not think of Viserys, the character Viserys from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. You probably, I don't think you do. I don't. But, um, well, it's a tragic story. <laughs> Today looking for Garza backside and for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. This call is being recorded. Got it, Mister. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things MLS champions, Atlanta United. Joe, we're back. Joe Patrick. I, I totally back. forgot that we were MLS champions. That feels very good to hear. I like I, to hear I, that. I cannot forget. I have the big AJC poster kind of hanging up in my room. So I wake up in the morning and, and there is Miguel's, not not necessarily smiling face, but his, ha- his happy, screaming, joyous face just kind of looking at me with the star above his head and Joe Patrick, it's, it's a good way to wake up. I, I didn't really forget. There's too many <laughs> stars. There's too many star handles on Twitter um, uh-huh. nowadays that constantly reminds me. Um, but I don't know. I guess I just like, we're so into this like preseason now. Like it's really feeling like a new kind of time for Atlanta United. So I'm not like, I'm not looking back, which is interesting. So speaking of looking back, I was I asked the team to make some players available, uh, you know, for me, roll out the red carpet for me to do an article, um, getting some reaction on uh, on the Miguel sign uh, sale, um, just kind of talking, you know, talking about them, you know, what they what what they think that means, you know, are they you know happy for Miguel that kind of article, and uh, and the team was like, no, we're we're moving forward, we're moving forward, <laughs> so. I guess that's, I guess maybe they kind of like hypnotized me in that way and where I am too. You just gave in. You you didn't, you didn't push forward. You didn't find some secret sources. You didn't try to like get a leak out of them or anything like that. I have no leverage. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I, moving uh, forward, huh? (laughs) Interesting. I guess we should too. There's a whole lot of new stuff that we we haven't talked about because we haven't done a show. Hey, Frank DeBoer, new coach. Hey, we got a new coach. Hey, Petey Martinez. Hey, all these other Breck Shea, Breck Shea, Breck Shea. Horse. The man is a horse. And I was not a believer in Breck Shea, was kind Mm -hmm. of poo pooing the whole thing when, when we signed him. And then probably like every other coach he's ever had in his career, I stood next to him on the second day of practice. And I thought this guy is going to lead us to our second straight <laughs> championship. You can't teach looking the part. It's crazy. Like he it's like, I'm, I'm being serious when it's like, when I say it's hard to see, to like be next to him and, and just see the athlete that he is and not like as a coach, start drooling over the, over like, you know, mm-hmm. what you think you could make this guy, you know, I'm sure so many coaches think, oh, yeah, like his these past coaches didn't know what to do with them. But I can I can work with this. I can I can work with this. uh, I can sculpt this chiseled (laughs) body and make him a, Mm -hmm. you know, finesse soccer player. But (laughs) it's kind of like the NFL guys drafting like the tall white quarterback with a really big arm who like doesn't know what he's doing. But like, you know, with a little coaching, he, he can turn into something right. 
right? But, I hope so. I mean, I think that's I think that's what we're all hoping. But um, yeah. I I feel like in this team, like the team is so good that you know he he's not going to be required to like w- the team is not going to be leaning on him to like make things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. That's good for him. Uh, I think that will relieve some pressure. And then you know he doesn't need to do anything that special. All he needs to do is just be you know he he'll play he'll probably only play like in a three if we're playing in a three in the back. I would think um, mm-hmm. he even said on the first day he was like, we we're like, so uh, will you play left back? And he was like, well, I will on this team. <laughs> Cause like, you know, cause they're so attacking. He, he knows right. that a left back on Atlanta United is basically an attacking player. So um, well, I am glad that, that a left back has risen up in place of Greg Garza, because my big thing with losing Greg Garza was losing some of the weird factor. And I, I think someone took that to heart in a huge way and just said, what if we what if we tripled that and made him a tall blonde giraffe that looks like Tilda Swinton? And <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm very here for it. He, he's just kind of, I don't know. He's got a weird factor that Greg Garza never even really touched. I think Greg was different, but Breck is Breck is Breck. And I yeah, love I, it. I whenever I look, I cannot I cannot not think of Viserys, the character of Viserys from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. You probably, I don't think you do. I don't. But, um, well, it's a tragic story. About <laughs> Does this person die? Like, is this an omen? Well, first of all, everybody dies in Game of Thrones. Okay. So, spoiler alert, but eh, I'm not going to say. But, uh, yeah, it's... um. It's a cautionary tale. Let's let's put it that way. Okay. Well, hopefully Breck isn't Osiris or whoever the hell you just said. Osiris, yeah. Yeah, Osiris, right. That's what I said. Um, in addition to Breck Shay, in addition, uh, do we want to start with uh, the the man in charge or the man that's about to win uh, the MLS MVP award uh, on the trot? Who should um, we Who should we start with? Let's start. Let's start with the manager. Okay, so this is fun because the first time we mentioned Mr. Mr. DeBoer on this show, um, he was listed as like we were talking about all the other options. And he was one of the ones we kind of threw in at the back. Um, And you kind of casually mentioned that he was at Ajax for a second and did well. And then I implored you to go further (laughs) with his managing history. And then I implored you to go a step further. Um, of course, we're, we're referencing his, his wonderfully um, brief times over at Inter Milan and uh, Crystal Palace. Um, we can get into that a little bit, I guess. It's, it's kind of been beaten to death um, and, and it may not ultimately matter. Um, but I know that I was, when this was going down, that I was, one, laughing a lot because – I got to make a lot of jokes about him being the Dutch Lane Kiffin, uh, which made me smile and particularly no one else, I guess. But <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. That's um, good. That's good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and of course, some people were getting on to me for that and being like, uh, of course, he's going to be a good coach. And I'm like, I know. I'm making fun of them. I get it. But I'm, I'm being a jerk right now. Let me do that. Like, let me get my jokes off. Let me get my jokes off. And I'm still right. going to continue to make jokes because oh, yeah. you know what, guys? I'm going to say it. I'm going to come out and say it right here on Five Stripe Final. 
the dude has James O'Connor face and it's like, <laughs> it is like bad. Um, it's, it's a different kind of face than Bendik face. You know, Joe Bendik face mm-hmm. only pops up in, in situations of extreme. I just let a goal in this. Um, James O'Connor face is perpetual. It is everlasting and it is always there to look like James O'Connor is, is watching someone jump up and down on his puppy wearing hobnailed boots. Um, the boars got that a little bit, but it's like, if he was like better looking than James O'Connor and didn't wear goofy hats. Uh, so it's like, is it sexy James O'Connor? Maybe, maybe. Yes. It's sexy James O'Connor, sexy James O'Connor face, Frank DeBoer. Uh, well, I, and I think that, you know, a legitimate concern, I think that, we had maybe maybe still have but to maybe to a lesser extent now that we've kind of seen the team a little bit and we realize that it's the same Atlanta United pretty much but um is like is he going to inspire confidence or inspire these players to be motivated to you know give everything for him and I think that like with Tata no one questioned that you know because never we had this like you know this contingent of players that like adored him um or at least that's kind of what was fed to us so we believe that um but we really liked him yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, projecting but you know anyone who anyone who met Tata kind of understood like his charm and his charisma and kind of like you know why people like him so much, um, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't get that with DeBoer. He's much more kind of like guarded, definitely more guarded. Dude, um, I just realized. I just realized Frank DeBoer reminds me of that dude. Like, say you're waiting in line, and like you have to wait a second for your order at like a fast food restaurant, and he's the dude also waiting who tries to like strike up a conversation and kind of like has this weird look on his face the whole time. And you're like trying to get out of the conversation. And when the moment your food actually comes, it's like this great kind of relief you kind of feel because you can finally get out of that conversation. It just kind of feels like, yeah. And you say like, I don't know. It's, it's very different than Tata who you would want to ignore your food forever and ever and continue this conversation and live in the moment as you smelled his incredible Argentinian musk. And while he's talking to you, he's saying things and you don't understand what he's saying, but you're just like nodding along. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're, like, you're pretending to understand. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. But yeah, like when he talked, like, okay, so perfect example mm-hmm. was that video that the team put out of him, like, talking about Atlanta being the hunters. <laughs> or the, I'm sorry, the hunted. Um, that was so weird. It and was I like think, an I awkward like first day of class. I feel like everybody kind of like wanted to pretend it was being, it was like very motivational or yeah. like it was like really cool. And I don't know, maybe it was, but like it didn't come off that way to me. He was like, no. Julian, what did you say in the media? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Like, oh, what did I say? And yeah. he was, you know, the boar had to like tell him like, yeah. It, it seemed very uh, Brendan Rodgersy to me. God, in terms of, that's like, a perfect example. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah. If Frank DeBoer starts pulling out envelopes at some point, we <laughs> yeah. we are bailing hardcore. Um, on on a on a serious ish note, I guess. Um, uh, just we we can talk about his social acumen all we want, I guess, but yeah. we don't really really know what's well, going on there. Well, if, if I can, if I can, I just want to make one last point about sure. our fear about him. And I know this is a fear that you had 
which was that he was just going to play a style that was very like rigid and um, kind of boring possession, pos- you know, based on possession and not very positive going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, stop me if I'm, if I'm kind of not kind of categorizing what you were thinking. Um, but I think that, you know, it's a legitimate fear to have because that was kind of some of the things that have played, had plagued him. Um, that was a lot of the the complaints that the Crystal Palace fans had. And granted, yeah, he, uh, he only had like six games there, five in the league or something like sure. that. But, um, you know, it makes you worry. So yeah. I think that what we've seen now so far of this team, um, especially just the, that stream, you know, yeah. that, that showed this week um, kind of alleviated some of those fears, even though it was against a backup team. Right. And to go further to kind of explain where any kind of fear lied still lies, I guess. And maybe it wasn't necessarily in, in the tactical aspect of it, which contributed to, to what happened at Crystal Palace and Inter Milan. And I should preface this by saying that when this happened, you can attest to this, Joe Patrick, I think, if you were paying attention to Slack. I I went on a deep dive, man. <laughs> I went way, way down the rabbit hole as far as Frank DeBoer history over the last few years. Is, is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I was annoying the hell out of everyone in the Slack with like all these links and everything like that, just trying to, to understand um, for the most part, what happened there. Um, and some of the things were goofy, like you have the Crystal Palace players being upset. And the, I swear to God, this is true. You have Crystal Palace players being upset that he would play in their practices and be better at soccer than them, um, which is a stunning detail. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite things ever. Um, but you you also have this idea that he did lose the locker room in a sense, um, whatever mm-hmm. grand idea the crystal palace owners had to bring him in and change the style and everything like that. The players certainly didn't buy in, probably weren't capable of buying in from his skill set, but also didn't buy into it from a mental standpoint. And then you kind of pair that with what we've seen of him uh, just from kind of talking and interacting with people. Um, and it's easier to see this collapsing than some of the other options. It's, it's much more for me, a, a high risk ish kind of high reward kind of deal. And the risk is mostly in my head. Like I realize mm-hmm. there's like a 0.1% yes. chance this comes crashing, but there is that history there. Um, right. And with Atlanta United, I used to joke while we were looking for a coach, I, I used to make that joke about roll the damn ball out. Just roll it out. Just, <laughs> yeah. put, just put the best roster in the league out there and let them do what they need to, you know, just make sure they're, they're ready to play. Um, with this, you, you, there is that little kind of nagging worry in the back of your head that maybe uh, this could go wrong at some point just because, you know, there's too much risk involved, but well, I, I, I did enjoy um, seeing an article that you had started in our backend system on dirty South soccer. <laughs> talking about this deep dive that you were going on <laughs> and it had no text but it had a headline talking about i'm diving down in the hole and i don't know what i'm gonna find okay okay and the lead picture was a picture of frank DeBoer like on a stage at like a panel discussion you know <laughs> and behind him is just a giant picture of him 
it looks like a Steve Jobs. Like when he's just starting out at Apple, like he's got the mock turtleneck going yeah. on. Yeah, that was, um, that was, it's, that it's like straight up Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes. Like this is the best Steve Jobs cosplay I can do. Um, let me tell you about the 433. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I cracked up. I should. I wish I had been in a better like state of mind to to kind of crank that thing out. Right. And I still may eventually. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it's relevant now, but um, I think it'd be fair to say uh, with the first two preseason games, the way everything has looked, it's been somewhat. And not to fine. say there was a ton of fear there, but there's there's some alleviation as yeah. far as that goes. I think from from, from my perspective. And I don't want to speak for anybody else. I'm just speaking for myself here. I think that um, the language that he speaks, the fact that he can speak English is Mm -hmm. kind of plays into what I think I know about him or how I feel about him. I feel like since he speaks English, I can understand the words that he says in the media. And, you know, and I comprehend that a certain way as to where if we had hired like a Gabriel Einza or something so like, you know, like one of these uh, Argentine uh, coaches who didn't speak English or, or, or maybe they do, but I've not seen it, you know, and, and like, I don't have any kind of for any of those coaches that, you know, we had, we kind of theoretically thought of as, as possibilities for Atlanta United. I didn't have any preconceptions about their personalities and therefore didn't like worry that it would be that like any of those coaches would have an issue um, right. In terms of like having being an abrasive personality or, or meshing into the to the squad. I just figured since they were like, you know, well known in Argentina and, you know, that they would automatically be accepted by these players. But it's but when you think about it, it's not like Argentine players like, you know, they, I'm sure they, they get upset with their coaches all the time. Oh, you totally. know, it's not like, right. you know, exactly. it's not like just because they speak the same language means that they're going to like be agreeable or, you know, be, you know compatible with these players so yeah. um i think that that's like a what do you what do you call that what do you uh like a buy it's not like a, i guess it's a bias it's confirmation but, bias for sure yeah yeah so um but yeah but i think that like you know even though i haven't personally have thought you know that he's done a great job like with media so far, I think he's a little, he, you know, he's, he's pretty rigid. It, it, it's, it, it, I get, I understand it. When you come to America, the media is much different. It's much more open here. You're, there's like more access. Yeah. Um, so I understand the little bit of awkwardness that he might have um, with the media. And I think it'll probably, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that uh, evolves over the next year or two or three or however long he's here. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I haven't been that enamored by him just personally, but I think that, you know, on the field, what I've seen, it doesn't look any different really than like not noticeably different than what it we'd, we'd be doing on the field of Tata were here. So um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still kind of open-minded about DeBoer uh, in general. Um, but I'm yeah. not like, I'm not as worried, I guess now that I've just kind of seen him in action a bit and it seems like the players are like having a good time at training. And it's like, <laughs> I'm like okay. I'm like a parent, like keeping an eye on. <laughs> I just want to have fun. Please, please have fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if little if Billy enjoys it, then uh, you know. Right, exactly. That's the most important. That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And, and to clarify, like again, the the fear is again some kind of projection, some confirmation bias there as well. And you know, um, it is there is that history there, but will it really come back to to come into play 
Um, most likely not. There is this little tiny image of, in my head of Frank DeBoer as Henry Winkler's character in The Water Boy, who like has completely forgotten how to coach. Like used to be like <laughs> yeah, really yeah. good. They had like a mental <laughs> breakdown, you know. Um, so I kind of pictured him walking up the first day and like. I don't know, like trying to throw the ball at his players and stuff like that, like completely forgetting the rules of soccer. Um, but I, I don't think we're there. I think it's going to be fine. And you know what? Again, this is far and away the best roster in the league. Once again, um, I think it's gotten better. Thanks um, to Petey. Thanks to Petey. Right. And I think everyone else is going to Petey. Or, we need to get this straight. PT. I, I mean, P- yeah. <laughs> P-T. If, if you do the long, if you do the E on the I, then it has mm-hmm. to be a, t- you have to really do the, the T sound other than, okay. otherwise it sounds like you're saying like PD, like a, like an 80s sitcom character from like a, <laughs> like PD. Right. Okay. But it's like PT. PT. Then it's a, PT. Then it's like, mm, yeah. that's like, like Latino, P- you know, like, it's like. Dot T, right? Is that how we can Americanize it? What'd you say? Like a P dot T. Like, is that how we can Americanize it? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool. That's a good it. way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. But I will still just call him pity. Pit, like, ah, pity. Yeah. I'll probably still still say that just out of habit. But yeah. anyway, I'm thank God he's good myself. at soccer. Yeah, he's, he's a little talented. He's a little talented. And I thought this when this was all going down. We, of course, we, we all knew. It was so funny to watch the Atlanta United brass try to – act like this wasn't a thing, you Ugh. know, which was comical. Uh, it was they, funny to a point. And then I just started getting embarrassed. Like I, I like felt embarrassed for them. Sure. Like it was so bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was really awkward. It was, I don't it, it was just uh, like everybody knew what was happening. Right. And it was just kind of, it was like, like kind of cringy, like, at, like watching them and like, you know, because obviously Miguel Almiron was the he was the 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 kind of the free radical here that was kind of um, throwing everything out of whack, not letting them you know kind of unveil this and or unroll this uh, PT um, announcement like they wanted to. And yeah, I, I never quite. I always thought Almiron was going to get sold. Um, yeah, and I have Rob as my witness because we had argued about this many times in the Slack. <laughs> um, he, we would just have like private DMs where you, <laughs> where we're arguing about whether uh, we think he would get sold or not. I just never thought that it was a there was another viable option for Atlanta. Like, yes, uh, maybe a, a Barco loan would have been possible, but not ideal at all and very difficult to arrange. So, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it made it made the whole pity thing very awkward. Yeah, it, it felt so far out of the way with with the Barco loan idea, but it was. You know, you have PT, like you have him confirming it. You have the team confirming it. Uh, you have River Plate confirming it, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, Darren have to be like, well, never heard of him. Who's that? Yeah. Um, comical. Uh, I would have loved but- to see their faces like Darren and some of the other, you know, communication staffers that we know. Like I would have loved mm-hmm. to see their faces every time they like saw the Instagram of, you know, <laughs> whatever, like, of, like LGP talking about them or, mm-hmm. you know, any of those times. Most of the Atlanta United players need to go to a social class about not putting uh, classified information um, on their social channels. We'll get well, to I, that in a little bit. Uh, I already but, got I already got Bello in trouble this season. Yeah, yeah. He came out and he said, uh, "I asked him if he'd been um, on, in a bulking phase." 
You know, like uh-huh. he, he was looking thick at the beginning of the season, and he was, was he like, not oh, wears? I guess I don't know because he said he was, he was like, oh no, I haven't, I haven't done anything." And so I was like, uh, "He's, you know, he didn't say I haven't done anything. I need to, I need to get this straight. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble." He said, "I haven't lifted a weight all off season." And so I was like, "That's a great quote." And I tweeted it out immediately while I was still recording him. Right. And then uh, afterwards. I got a little nudge and I was like, Hey, uh, you mind like supplementing that with some info saying that he actually, uh, you know, did do his conditioning work and stuff, which he did go on to talk about later sure. um, in a separate question. But, um, he said, yeah, can, can you like add something to that? Because, uh, choosing his words more carefully, which is, uh, it's funny. Cause I've like, I, like when I was 18, I got that same, you know, lecture, like from my parents. <laughs> I'm still getting that lecture, man. I get that from you and Rob like every other day. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, but no, uh, a whole bunch of new parts. I, I don't know what more we can say about about PT, but I still I, I have this thought in my head that he right now in this very moment, without having played an MLS game, is the best player in MLS and maybe one of the best players in the league's history. I just, I just think that I don't yeah, know. I, I, I everything I've seen from him, he's just a talent level ahead, and we're only going to have him for a year. I bet. I don't imagine him staying around for two because Europe's going to come calling. Yeah, and that's just our role now. That's what we are. And hey, if it wins us a second straight title and maybe even more with uh, Champions League on the horizon, then so be it. Yeah, I, I agree. And like from what we saw in that scrimmage, man, if. Zeke, holy crap! Zeke and PT can combine and just be confident and flowing like that. Man, man, it's gonna be good. A Ezekiel balling the hell out <laughs> yeah. against against some like U twenty three dudes, but still just balling the hell out. Um, that that was really really exciting to see. It's the most exciting part of the preseason so far, just I, in the short limited time. I think you really saw kind of like. The the different there's such a difference between uh, PT and Miguel. Like Miguel is like such a grafter, you know. To borrow a British phrase, I cannot believe I just said. By the way, I don't know uh, what that even means. Keep going. Okay. He's you know he works hard and he's going to run his ass off and, but he's not like he doesn't have that like. He's not going to meg people all the time like the way. PT does, and he's not like he's Pity's just so good one on one. It's unbelievable. Um, and again, caveat like yeah, the caveats we know them, but um, man, I am excited to see them in a real competitive match. It's gonna be fun coming up. Soon. I mean, this has been a quick turnaround for for all of us, really. I mean, we had MLS Cup uh, about two months ago to the day. We're recording this on the seventh of February. We yeah. MLS Cup, of course, was on December eighth. And we're back, man. We're almost back. A brand new year of this. Um, but I do think before we continue on to some of the other acquisitions uh, that I'm very excited about, uh, maybe we should give them a, 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 we'll take a quick break and give them an update on, on what we've been doing with our lives. Maybe? Well, yes. I mean, speaking of this two week break or this two month break, it's funny. Yeah. We were talking about this before the show. We were having a chat and it's like, it seems longer than that because we were doing so many shows like, you know, towards the end of last season, it was just like bang, bang, bang. And it was, it was a lot. So 
yeah and then so we took a break and then yeah i don't know what you were doing i mean like i went <laughs> basically you know the the season ended like right kind of around the holidays um mid-december and so you know i went on my family had had a like a family vacation scheduled um because my dad just retired so we kind of like went away for that mm-hmm. and and it was honestly really hard for me to like get back into soccer stuff um like kind of it was like depression sort of um it was just like i was very slothy and uh and it was like i did not want to i was like it was kind of like a fear of like getting back into it a bit like i didn't know exactly like everything that was going on so i was kind of out of the loop i was you know i was in in California when the whole DeBoer hiring was going down. And I guess just being apart away from the team, you know, I was so used to being in their facility, you know, so many days in a week, having not been, had that connection. I think I was just kind of like a little bit, um, yeah, it was just giving me bad vibes. So it was yeah. hard. It was definitely hard for me to kind of get back in the swing of things. Now I'm like full go, but um, it's interesting how those things work in life in general. Yeah. I'm slowly ramping up to being back to it. I, I, I crashed pretty hard. I wrote a story about a baby and then I kind yeah. of ducked out for a little yeah. bit. I, I just, uh, I needed to be well, a step away. You still seem pretty active when the DeBoer thing was happening around Christmas. I don't know if you had been before that, but mm-hmm. you were at that point, you were definitely more active than I was. I was, I at that point I was like already checked out. Yeah, and then, and then I took a break and decided to just throw some colors at you guys. I thought you guys needed some more colors in your life. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to continue it. I have no plans to to revamp the uh, personal brand up anytime soon. So, uh, but hey, keep following Five Strike Final and Dirty Sauce Soccer. I thought Great about guy. following that account when I saw you retweet one because I think it's kind of a cool. Uh-huh. But then I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna just gonna. I'm only going to consume this account through your retweets so <laughs> perfect perfect um i am kind of starting to get back in swing a bit i think the scrimmage helped a lot i love getting back into the live tweeting swing of things um but also we got to live tweet in addition to that scrimmage i got to live tweet the uh the mls super draft did you just get totally chills forgot. I totally forgot that happened did you did you get chills no Okay, damn it. Uh, but hey, at least at least we got something good out of it. Uh, the super draft is stupid. However, we do land the the wonderfully amicable and delightful Anderson Asiedu from UCLA. Uh, I think first he was at, at Monmouth. I want to say before yeah, transferring over right. to UCLA, uh, but but as a refugee. Um, I, I can't name the country off the top of my head right now, uh, but just the best human. <laughs> uh, Ghanaian, I th- uh, I think. Okay. That, I, I want to say right. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. Anyway, kid is a firecracker. Um, he's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I have never wanted anyone to succeed more in life. Than I know. His story is absolutely incredible. It's incredible. It actually makes me feel like terrible about myself because <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, it makes you realize how privileged you are. And anybody who's listening to this, it makes you it, like your privilege compared to very much. So compared to, oh my what gosh, are we going to, are we, are we being woke in 2019? I, mean, uh, hey, I, I, I don't for woke five strike final. 
I do not get involved in politics, but <laughs> it's, it's just a simple fact. I mean, like this kid had nothing. He was living on a in a shack with no electricity and yeah. like sleeping in a school um, to serve. Like he was literally in survival mode as, as like an eight year old or a nine year old yeah. or something. Like no parents, you know, his, uh, his mother died. I want to say passed away in a car crash or something or in a tragically passed away. And I think the father had left, um, when he was young. Yes. And I've so, actually got a story in front of me. So his grandmother is the one who ended up raising him, uh, but could not raise him for, for much longer. Um, ends up going to an orphanage in Ghana, which is correct. And then gets noticed and, uh, scrapes up enough money to to come play um in america which is the whole get the get notice thing was crazy because the get because the guy who noticed him was a scout from like you know a a basically a scout that basically that finds players to give to schools like monmouth and like other Mm -hmm. um, i think it's a is it a catholic school monmouth i'm not sure i'm not sure i think it's private um, it's kind of like from that area anyway uh and he wasn't even supposed to be at this match that Anderson Asiedu was playing in. He was supposed to be in like a different town, but he couldn't like he didn't know how to get there or something. Somehow he had like gotten lost and landed in, in this place where Anderson Asiedu was playing. And that's how he saw him. And the rest is history. It's so amazing. It's he, yeah. Just watching him talk though and just enjoy he was the best part of the stupid, stupid super draft. Uh the only enjoyable part really was his interview. Oh, and he continues to bring that enthusiasm every time we get a chance to really kind of interact with him, which is awesome. Um, and hopefully kind of works his way into a few games here. We're going to have to take a few. Uh, there's going to be a few 11s that are get us through 11s where we have Champions League games and other stuff going on where we're going to need to kind of rest some people and play some of the, the second tier kind of guys. And I think Anderson's probably in that group, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, it would be really, really great if we could see him in the uh, the 19 stripes or whatever the hell we are now. Yeah, initially I thought there was no way that whoever we drafted with the last pick in the draft was going to, you know, do anything for us. Yeah. But he looks pretty good. I mean, like for considering where he was drafted, I mean, I was really impressed with him. Honestly, the first time I saw him play in person. So when the first week of media availability they were having they were letting they were leading media up to pitch side uh at the training facility and letting us just stand there and watch them play for like 30 minutes um which tata staff would not have allowed uh, no (laughs) but um it was so it was awesome we could see you know we got to just watch so much of these guys play and there was one moment that stands out to me of uh asiedu and he was he had taken the he had someone had passed the ball to him He's in midfield. He's playing on the the B team, you know, the, basically the the backup team, and so things are flying. Like the other team, the other team is so much better. And um, he's got the ball, and he's like trying to find someone to pass to. And he like every time he turns, another guy's in his face, and so he turns away and shields the ball while he's kind of like getting closed down in all directions. And then finally, like there's nowhere for him to go, and he does this like faint and then moves out of this like circle of players that were all converging on him and escapes. And I was like, wow, like that was, that was really not just like a good play that worked out, but it showed to me that he didn't just try to pass it or like, right. it, or he didn't just like try to get rid of it. Like he took the initiative to make something happen for himself because he knew that, you know, there was no other pass on. So it was just like that mindset of like, okay, well I have to take this on my own. Um, that was, that really impressed me. 
So I'm looking forward to him. And it, I and the thing I loved about the Super Draft, I love how his whole personality and persona and all that, like that stole the show of the Super Draft. And it was Atlanta United, you know, kind of being the <laughs> start of the show again. Yeah. The last pick, they were not, you know, we weren't supposed to be anything, anything in this. Like probably all the other teams, like finally we get a, a chance in the spotlight here. Like Cincinnati was probably thinking like that was their day to, to kind of grab the headlines. <laughs> and turns out he was like the, he was the tag McKinley of the draft. So beautiful, beautiful. Um, Sir Patrick pog back or pog bro or <laughs> yeah. pog bomb bass pogba. We got pogba. Talk I, have about no, it. I have no idea if he's good. No idea. Right. <laughs> but he is tall. But I do love this move. I mean, it's just okay. an alpha. It's an alpha move. This is, oh, this has Darren Eels written all over it. To me, this is not this is not a Lucy Rushton, and I could be totally wrong on this. It probably, in fact, I probably am with, with my track record. But mm-hmm. in my head, I was thinking like this is not a uh, a deep analytic signing. You know, this is like this is Darren showing his uh, his cojones, <laughs> right? And we're going to get Paul Pogba hammering the spike this summer. Oh God! Ahead, that's, ahead of the Women's World Cup final. I, guess I love it. I love it. It's going to happen. Yeah, no idea if he's good. We got taller, though. We got a lot taller this offseason, um, which made me pick Vancouver to win the West last year. So I might as well pick Atlanta United uh, to win the East just because of height. Because height wins in soccer. So I'm told. Are you worried so the fact that we signed Pogba after he was released from his Turkish club after getting in a fight on the field with the captain? Yes. I am too. <laughs> so that's the thing too. In addition to Frank's O'Connorness, we'll call it, uh-huh. you have even more kind of volatile elements thrown in there with Shea, with Pogba, um, with a team that has won a championship. You know, I, I definitely think this team's more interesting this year. Is that weird to say? Um, no, I don't think so at all. I think it's much more interesting. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think it's, it's I think it's the second most iteration, interesting iteration of, of an Atlanta United team that wasn't, you know, the yeah. team that started the whole thing. Right. It was um, the first team, and now this one. Last year was such a known entity, uh, except for maybe Barco. And now there's just so many elements going into it. It's it's gonna be fascinating for sure. It could all blow up spectacularly. And I'm kind of here for it, honestly. Yeah. Entertain me. Entertain me. And then, like, my, my thing here, though, it's, I, I think I said this last night, was, you know, everything goes extremely according to plan. Uh, the rest of the league is kind of trash, and we're amazing, probably the best team in MLS history. Uh, we win the league by, like, 40 points and sweep MLS Cup. But then it might blow up, and we only win it by 15 points. So, you know, it uh, – it probably won't mean that much in the long run, but it could be fascinating uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking for, I cannot wait till this training camp is done. They're back in town. Yeah. And at least that's, that's selfish for me. Cause I mean, uh, like, I just want them to be training in, in town so I can be talking to them again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I want them to start playing games. And then once they start playing games, they're just going to be playing like constantly <laughs> with this. Right. With this yeah. Game. It's never I feel like, you know, with us, with the amount of work that revolves around uh, any particular game at Dirty South Soccer, it's like we're craving a game, but then like we might be laughing in two months at the fact that we were so anxious 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that we don't always love the five stripes or nine <laughs> stripes or whatever, whatever they're going to yeah, be. Whatever but, they uh, are. It's like, uh, uh, it's like we're saying we're hungry and then MLS just walks up with like a, a funnel and just starts pouring uh, like bagel bites into us until we just can't right. breathe. It's going to be that kind of level of just game after game after game after game. Um, all while wearing some ugly ass uniforms. I disagree. I, I think they're fine. I think uh, I love that we have a disagreement here. Um, I don't because we we agree too much. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, don't I, know. I think I think they're right. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I go, go off? off? Go off. <gasps> boy. Oh boy. Um. Let's 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 talk about some design principles y'all let's talk about some design principles one the first oh. thing is yeah, go ahead what well i was gonna say design principles. shout out to uh solid and stripes i think i'm getting that name wrong but they're doing a design sports design podcast which is cool atlanta united oh. guys very cool okay nice. yes yeah. shout out them um <laughs> design principles uh the first things first you want to make things not cluttered uh, you want to make them kind of simplistic to make them look good, uh, to make them not look messy. Uh, this is why the 90s were a terrible, terrible time for graphic design because they tried to make things as messy as possible. Um, and that came from certain reactions to certain things in the 80s that were also really, really terrible. Um, we kind of started to figure things out with design, I felt like, in the last little bit. And I really loved uh, the, the last kit. The, the first iteration of the kit, I thought it was just about as clean as you could get. Um, legitimately one of the best looks in in football around the world. Honestly, I agree uh, with that. But now it looks like Rico Escobar links the kit, which is hilarious um, on the Instagram. I don't know, <laughs> that picture is out there. Go find it if you want to see what the kit looks like. If you don't want to wait for the big reveal hosted by Roger Bennett of uh, Men and Blazers. Uh, but on top of that, you have this weird, I hope it was just the picture, but the, the red is really metallic looking, I guess. It's much brighter, um, which is never good. It's okay. never, ever good. You want to do look always. It looked that way. I'm holding judgment on that part of your criticism until I see okay. it in person because I'm not sure that that is just a, a like weird lighting or something. Because it was not like a high quality uh, portrait of, of Franco here. That's true. That's true. But keep going. I mean, it's a legitimate criticism. If true, if true, um, I would get on your side on that criticism of the color. There's no reason they should be changing the color. Okay. I, that's why I don't think they will. I, I don't think it's a weird. I don't, I'm, my, my, my thought is that it can't be a different color because like their whole club is based around like a color palette and, you know, like these like <laughs> color schemes. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that looks you terrible. You had collar too, didn't you? Say it would look like uh, the Atlanta United two uniforms or something. Yeah, no, it definitely does look like the Atlanta United two uniforms. Yeah, um, it does. The collar is weird. It's got these weird, like it's got the Adidas shoulder stripes with it, uh, which are oh, also yeah. more lines to add to the messiness. There's like nine stripes going down. There's like three lines on the top, which is super gross. Um, the back's probably like all black, which is fine. Uh, at least the stripes don't go all the way around to make us look like Boardmouth or something like that. Uh, all in all, it's a total disaster. I hate it. I want it to go away, and I want my old kit back. I'm just saying. Sounds good. I think it's. Um, I don't think it's as good. I think you're right. Like the one, the old one was better, but you know, I'm and, not. I don't, and, 
And just to add to this, the, the whole thing about uh, the five stripes are on the crest and everything like that, so it shouldn't matter what's on the jersey. That's just bad goddamn branding. You aren't sticking to the brand that you kind of help perpetuate organically. If you as a, as a PR staff have said, okay, there's a couple people calling us the five stripes. We're going to push this out on our social media and allow it to be used in any kind of uh, guide for media to use. This is in our AP style for Atlanta United thing now to call them the five stripes as a nickname. Um, like if you're going to push that, then you've got to stick to it. Otherwise you get away from the brand, you get away from those connections and it's just bad PR. So not only are we ignoring basic design principles, we're ignoring basic PR principles. And as a kid who went to a liberal arts school, I'm very upset. I, uh, no, I, I, I think that's a legitimate gripe too. Um, I guess I, maybe part of it is like, I'm just like not big on kits like i don't really care how they look <laughs> in general but you know i'm, I'm looking at the uh, flag right now and you know i think you're right on that criticism i think they should have like if it was my preference i would have gone with a black kit and done like a sash that was like five stripes like the five okay. stripes like that's probably i would have done something like that sure. um and I, you know i understand they're like kind of hamstrung because the kit has to be like certain colors, you know, to f- prevent kit clashes and stuff. So anyway, right. um, not that you care about me kind of defending the club here, but, uh, <laughs> well, anyway. we got up two years. Might as well love it. Hey, if we had a couple more stars and fine, whatever for anyone complaining about like, why did they change it? Or like, we know that they're required to by MLS to do it. But like, yeah, if you haven't been following, if you don't follow soccer, if you've only gotten into soccer, um, you know, with Atlanta United, this is just, this is something like soccer is just different than like American sports where they kind of keep their same uniforms for a long time. And another thing, another thing, if you guys will just quickly do me a favor, I will wait. We You can pause the, you can pause the H stat, come back to it. If you'll just Google 2718 AC Milan home kit for me and look <laughs> at, uh, look at that for just like three seconds, just like three seconds. And then look back at the picture Franco posted. Um, it is a exact ripoff. It is an exact, exact ripoff. It is basically they took the template and then threw an Atlanta United crest on it, changed the sponsor. Um, it's the same exact kit. We are getting AC Milan's sloppy seconds, and that is you, bad. You know what's amazing about that is that um, the person who dictated that that should be done is the person who runs the Atlanta United Twitter account. Did you okay. know that? What? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. The person who runs the Atlanta United Twitter account is in charge of all of these decisions. So, like, you know, if you ever have to complain about, um, like, you know, (laughs) I see what we're doing here now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all complaints should be definitely directed to the person running that Twitter account. Oh, okay. That's how we impact change. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Or just, you know, at Rob Ushery. (laughs) Yes. Rob Usry was a primary consultant on this. Yes, totally. totally. <laughs> and another thing, it's really, really dumb. I'm going to just say this real quick. It's really, really dumb that MLS doesn't let teams change up kits each year. It just seems like it'd be more money. But, you know, what? Where? why would MLS do something competent? Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of funny that it's like, you know, you can only change one. One, it, it's they're kind of like caught in between like the Americana of like, like you know, uniform tradition. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, yeah, you keep this, but only for one year. And then you, you know, it's bizarre. Yep. Real dumb. 
Real dumb. Anyway, this has been a long one. Uh, we had a lot of content to kind of get to you guys, I guess. A lot of stuff to talk about because it has been uh, two months uh, since we've really done this. Uh, so hopefully you're still with us. If you're still with us, um, oh, don't still with tweet us. an emoji at any of us because apparently like, <laughs> we stole that or something. I don't fucking care or whatever. Oh, man. Never at us ever, ever, ever. We don't care what you think. Um, get out of my replies. Um, what was I talking about? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, this we need to talk about, about our plans. Here. So we, yeah. yeah so um, first of all, thank you for everybody who has uh, faithfully downloaded the HDAD. Don't care if you listen. Only only care if you download. Um, I'm I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, this year we're going to change things up a little bit because I think. Did you get burned out last year? Because I got burned out. I was burned out uh, by the end. Maybe, of the not, maybe not on, the, on Twitter. Definitely. <laughs> maybe not on the podcast. But then again, I wasn't doing all the uh, yeah. We kind of had different work. responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was just a lot. It was a lot for us to do. So I think we have a plan that's going to be more streamlined this year. Um. I think our it'll just be better all around. Which is to have a regular Monday morning. We'll be in your podcast feed Monday morning. Um, so whether the, which is what we did last year, whether the game is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll be doing our five stripe final about it for you to listen to on Monday morning, which is kind of from my own, I'm a big podcast listener listener. And I feel like on Monday mornings, like no one's put out their stuff yet. It's like, you get stuff like then throughout the week, but there's never anything on Monday mornings. That's why I'm like very adamant about us having something ready to go on Monday morning for you guys. Um, and then the big change is going to be midweek. So, um, it is very hard to do this uh, late at night on like if we played, especially if it's like a West Coast game, game starts at 10 over at midnight. Then we have to record for 30 minutes and then there's the production and the upload. And then I'm usually hopefully in bed by two, but that very rarely happens um, for like a West Coast midweek game. So we are going to kind of just not do our like a regular five stripe final um, like how what you would say is a regular five star final for those midweek games, and we might do them for midweek games that are at home because it's easy enough for us to do them while while we're there. But don't quote us on that because Sam's going to have some scheduling issues. But um, yeah, we won't be doing, but we will still be doing a midweek podcast or HDAD most weeks because we will be doing trying to do more interviews, and in those interviews, then we will talk about those games for sure. Uh, we definitely want to do that for you guys, but it would just be like overload for us to be doing a typical five strike final for every single game, including midweek games and trying to do these interviews that we want to do with folks. So, um, so yeah, that's the plan Monday mornings. And then you'll still have midweek content from us as well. Most, most weeks. Did I get everything? Yeah, that's it. I, I think, I think that's it. There was one more thing. Our live shows, we started to do this towards the end of the season last year, but our live shows from Mercedes Benz stadium will be streamed. Um, on the Dirty South Soccer YouTube channel. So um, this is where I sound like a really uh, annoying vlogger type where I tell you to go subscribe to Dirty South Soccer. Smash that subscribe button. And become part of the notification squad. And by doing... (laughs) Yours was worse. But seriously, like it'll help because um, I, th- I think I think you guys will not regret the having the notification on because 
like what we do from Mercedes-Benz Stadium is very like timely. Um, and I think it is easy to miss. Like it's easy to like forget about it or whatever. So if you like hitting that, I think I don't think that it's going to annoy you. Essentially, um, we, we're not putting tons of content out there. We we do like a featurey type thing like once a week. Um, and then, but I think you'll like having that notification for, uh, for our show. If you listen, if you're listening to us right now, you'll probably want that notification. So I recommend clicking the bell and donate to our Patreon. Yeah. How do they do that? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Oh, um, we gotta go. uh, shout out to Mike Cooley and Patterson hood. That's all my shout outs. I'm seeing uh, drive by truckers next week. Get excited. Shout out Kevin Herter. And uh, Dwayne Deadman, Double D. Yikes. Okay. Oh, also, (laughs) I don't care if you don't like baseball. I just don't care. I do not care. Do not tell me or at me with your baseball opinions. Just be happy for my boy, Joe Patrick, uh, who has accepted a job with 92.9, the game, the game, the game, game. game. 92.9, the game, uh, to be their Braves boy. It's going to be the best Braves boy. He's he's the our Braves best Braves boy, our biggest and best Braves boy. Um, he's going to be covering the Braves a little bit. He's going to be up in Cobb County um, for every home game. It sounds like and doing some writing on their site and getting some interviews and all that kind of thing. Um, so Joe Patrick is is deep diving back into the world of Major League Baseball, which I am personally very excited about because I never really have anyone to talk baseball with at DSS. Um, so it'll be good. So yeah. check out some of his content on that. Check out 99thegame.com and go send some congrats to Joe Patrick, who is getting a very well, well-deserved, uh, promotion of sorts. Thanks, Sam. I appreciate that. And I, and on a serious note, I am like, I'm not, I understand that I have like basically everybody that follows me right now follows me for Atlanta United or soccer stuff. So like, I understand that. So just know that, you know, we can all be friends and yeah, you don't like, like and if you just, really, if you're not, don't, just move on. Just, just don't follow just move to the next week. Why tell anybody? Why, why would you tell? Like if you like met a person in real life, they're like, Oh yeah, I've got this job covering baseball. Why, why would you, would you be in real life? Like, yeah, I hate baseball. I don't care. Why would what? Stop. I think, I think people might, um, I think people might feel like, like I'm leaving them for like a prettier girl or something. Um, but soccer will always be my number one, baby. I think people think they're funny. You're not funny. Stop trying to be funny. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not our job either. We've really. embarrassed so. ourselves quite a bit, or at least I have, I've, I've embarrassed myself tonight. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. Yeah, that's all right. We'll get over it. Um, all right, y'all that's going to do it from five strike final. We're going to be on a pretty regular schedule now. Uh, get excited. Get excited. Uh, of course, preseason games coming up. And then uh, 21st, I believe, is our first CCL game. Getting ready to go. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have stuff for you then. Uh, be on the lookout for that. And um, God bless the child or something. I don't know. What's our closing thing for this? We'll figure out our closing thing for this year. We'll change some things up. It'll be fun. God bless the child? <laughs> Look, and five stripes as hell, ain't ain't it? Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you fucked that up too. God damn it! God bless the child. Uh, Bye, y'all. Bye.